everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts, TJ Branson and Zach Vogel. Hey, hey. So I hope everybody had a good New Year's Eve. Everyone's hangovers were well slept off and all that. Only one game on the docket today. The outdoor, what, the Winter Classic, right? Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, I watched it for a little bit. It was kind of a boring game, so I, like, watched the first period. I was watching some college football for the second period, and then picked it back up on the third period. Third period was actually very uh, exciting, I guess, kind of, especially because I was playing somebody that owns Rene. So it was nice to see them come back and throw up four goals on him. Uh, My wife and I, we saw Star Wars again, so I missed that one. Ryan Ellis hurt during the game. Newest in a long list of injuries that just continue to pile up. Corey Perry elbowed him in the face. Whether it was intentional or not, he's going to have a hearing on Friday it's Corey Perry, so you got to figure it's intentional, right? Just because of who he is. Did Did you watch the play? Yeah, it didn't look intentional. And and he did like he, have a statement poked, regarding it. Like he poke checked at the puck with his one arm and hit him with the other one, and it was I don't know. There was no follow through. He didn't move his right elbow or anything like that. It's not like. He made it seem intentional. If it was, then he did a really good job of hiding it. Even after the play, like you could tell by looking at him that it's not like he was just turning around automatically looking for a fight or anything like that because he thought someone was going to come over and whoop his ass. Like he was shocked that he got called. He's so. still Corey Perry. He's still Corey Perry. If if Tom Wilson sneezes too hard, he gets a, a hearing. You know, it's just like it's that type of player, and I think that's why. You know, whether it was an accident or not, he's still going to have that hearing. Ryan Ellis missed the remainder of the game as well. Coach Laviolette was saying, um, hopefully it's not too long. He did get banged up pretty good. Alexander Radulov had a goal in this game, and since he was scratched, he's had points in every single game. He's got 11 points in eight games there. Three on the power play. I guess all you got to do is just mess with Radulov's ego, and you got a point-per-game player out of him. So he's looked pretty good. More into the injuries. Cam Atkinson is getting close. He's traveling to Boston. So finally, some good news for the Blue Jackets uh, as Alexander Texier is injured now too. So it's just, you know, you got one guy coming in, one guy going out. It's just, it's brutal. Well, I'd sure rather if, have Atkinson back than Texier anyway. I'm not sure if he's going to draw in in Boston, but he is on the trip. Aaron Portsline, the beat writer for the Jackets, says that he has been skating pretty hard in the past few days. So that's that's some good news. Uh, back to the bad news. Jake Gensel is going to be out for the rest of the season. Crashed into the boards after scoring a goal. Underwent successful shoulder surgery on a four to six month timeline. That's that's like end of the regular season for sure. If they make a deep run to the playoffs, there's, there's a good shot that he's out for that too. As many people expected, Alex Galchenyuk was moved up to that top line with Malkin and Rust. Still only getting power play two time. Jared McCann's on the top one. So it is a little bit of a tough gamble here. Galchenyuk has burned me so many times. Like I drafted him going into the year. He was so slow. I thought it was going to be like pretty choice deployment. You're you're in the top six. You're either playing with Malkin or you're playing with Crosby on the wing there. And he did nothing with it. So where are you at with Galchenyuk right now? I mean, he's going to get better time on ice. He's got three points in his last three games, two goals on three shots there, two of these points power play. You can't discount the line mates and their success this year. So Everything's kind of trending in the right way, but it's still Galchenyuk. Can we count on him? 
I know what I've seen in the past, and like you said, I've seen him burn you, me, and everybody else. So right now, he is definitely worth a pickup. However, I'm not trading for him by any means. No. Really, I want to see what the lines are going to look like when Sidney Crosby is back. I would actually almost rather him stay with Malkin and Rust as he seems to have you know, gotten some continuity with them. If they put him up with Sidney Crosby, it could all just fall back apart. I think I think you're right. The, so they'll probably because Crosby, it wouldn't be the first time that he's had two. I don't want to say nobodies, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like two, just he can he can carry you and me on a fucking line. He's great. Like, he makes everybody around him better. So I don't think they need to put Galchenyuk. Although he's been playing worse than some of the trash that they have, Teddy Bluger and. And whatever, not maybe not trash. Like that's harsh. It's we're Flyers fans, so it's just in our nature. Um, but you get what I'm saying here. So someone like Zach Aston Reese is a first liner on Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh alone, just because they will put him with someone like right. Crosby, Dominic Simone, and, and he'll and he'll be viable. Yeah, yeah. Dominic Simone. Dominic so Simone isn't on the first line in any other team. You know how we have like third wheels on other teams? It's kind of like the second and third wheels. If you're on a line with Sidney Crosby, you're bound to do pretty good. Yeah, they're they're the back two wheels of the tricycle. Crosby just rolling in the front by himself. Let's see how Galchenyuk improves here. He's got 13 points in 30 games so far, on pace for 36 points. Three points in his last three, as we said. Three points in his last five. Four points in his last 12. The shooting percentage is down... It's down to 8% this year from 12.1. Minutes are way down. Lowest since his rookie year. The offensive zone starts are way down. Uh, I don't know. To me, this seems like a last-ditch effort. This is kind of like the last... It's going to be the last draw for Galchenyuk. You mean the league? Uh, Just with Pittsburgh. Okay. He'll just Uh, be on another team again. He's no stranger to that. I'm sure he's got his bags still packed. Oscar Kleffbaum exited his last game due to an injury from blocking a shot with his left foot. This is the same foot that he fractured two toes in early in December. Uncertain for Thursday's game. We haven't ruled him out yet. What do they call that word? Questionable. Yeah, there it is. Questionable for Thursday's game against the Sabres. He has been, he's been blocking shots at an insane rate. He's got a spot on that top power play with, you know, two of the best offensive players in the league. So it would be a huge loss if he missed any amount of time. Uh, Brennan Gallagher, he left the game with a head injury, is also uncertain for Thursday. Took Ben Schrott's knee to the head, and then he hit his head on the ice as well. That's kind of brutal. Maybe some concussion protocol going on there. Yeah, that's some friendly fire. Haven't heard anything about it. All right, man, let's let's get our first break in, and then we're going to come back and talk the weekend preview. All right, so we're going to start off with, with the teams that have the most ideal schedules. It's that Friday, Sunday, Saturday skip schedule, and we got Carolina, Detroit, and Washington. There are a bunch of teams who play Saturday, Sunday. We got no back-to-backs Friday, Saturday. The Saturday-Sunday teams, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, Pittsburgh, San Jose, and Tampa Bay. So I think, obviously, the best streaming schedules are those Friday-Sunday ones. Saturday, we got 12 games. So let's talk Carolina, Detroit, and Washington, man. We're going to highlight a couple players from each team there. Then we'll come back to the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back streamers if you need them. So keep all these players in mind, too, if you're looking for just a Sunday streamer. Carolina, we got to talk Eric Howla, 22% in Yahoo, 24% in ESPN. So it is a bit shaky. He was a, he was a game-time decision. What, what have you heard down in Carolina? Anything going on? I know 
his wife unfortunately just had a miscarriage so that's kind of a big deal i don't know if it had something to do with his knee or if it was personal reasons that he was going to be held out of the game but he, he's been great six points in five games the shots are really good he's shooting exceptionally high at 24 percent three goals three assists since being back i don't know what do you think you know, since coming back, I really wasn't sure what to expect because, well, I mean, he was a staple on that power play. We didn't know if he was going to be back on it. And that first game, even though he played hard, he had five shots in that very first game back. He had zero points, and that's what he was so worthwhile for having at the beginning of the year considering he had, what was it, uh, seven goals in like the first ten games or some shit like that, like something crazy. But since then, he has calmed down the shots a little bit, but also stepped up his game. Like I said, he has three goals and three assists in just his last five. I know you picked him up, and it's turning out it's looking like a smart move. He's going to help you out just uh, uh, pretty much on points and shots, and that's about it. He's not out there for hits. He's not out there for blocks. But he is a guy that plays that, that bumper position down low and will get you some ugly goals too. So I do like the bringing back of Eric Halla. He's pretty good in the face-off dot, too. I like that about him. But, yeah, like you're saying, no no other peripherals outside of that. Just watch out for the shooting percentage is pretty high. If you're thinking something long-term, 100% IPP since coming back, too. So every goal that's been scored while he's on the ice, Halla's gotten a part of. And then, again, just the injury history, man. Like, that knee seems to be acting up all the time. This will be good for a weekend stream, maybe not long-term. And our boy, Martin Nietzsche's man, 4% in ESPN, 5% in Yahoo. He's got six points in his last six, but only one in his last three. He's shooting at an okay clip, but again, shooting percentage a little bit high. He's getting second power play time. No real peripheral value, uh, but he is on the ice with Halla. Halla is pretty hot right now. And so he's got that shot of hitting the score sheet. And he's like, he's one of our favorite dudes. So He is pretty all right. Um, and then there's definitely some guys on the back end that you can look at um, that we might even talk about for next week because Carolina has a pretty decent schedule for next week. Uh, just keep in mind, Warren Fogle and Lucas Walmark, who is on a white-hot tear right now. Yeah, so this one is perfect for uh, – you can have them for Friday, Sunday, and then next week you really like their schedule. I think they're three games, but it's it's a sweet-looking schedule. Three games, but they're we'll, – we'll get into it more tomorrow, but they're they're playing Philly, who is trash on the road, and then they have a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. Um, so, really, I, I do like Carolina's schedule, especially for the weekend next weekend. But those four players that, that we highlighted, I'll, I'll talk about them a little bit more tomorrow. And we talked about James Reimer a little bit before, but I like him for that Saturday matchup against L.A., next week that's where i would imagine he would be i could only think that morazic is going to be playing against arizona on friday yeah i think so too uh out of carolina if you need peripherals the only one i can really turn to warren fogel like you said good for hits but i'm looking at joel edmondson he's blocking about he's hitting and blocking about 1.5 per game is relatively low in ownership under two percent in espn four percent yahoo you probably remember him from that just out of place week that he had where he went nuts. So let's move into Detroit. All I could really come up with is our usual suspects. Let's move in and right out. <laughs> Robbie Fabry and Philip Horonic. Um, Valtteri Fippola is getting power play one time, but you have to keep in mind that it's Detroit's first power play. So 
there's that. Um, Robbie Fabry, 8% in ESPN and Yahoo, left wing, right wing, slowed down considerably. But in if Tyler Bertuzzi at 47% owned, if he's not available, Robbie Fabry's got to be your next bet. But if Bertuzzi is available, I'm going for him first and foremost. And then Fabry next, I guess. Uh, Philip Peronic, 25% in Yahoo, 26% in ESPN. This one is going to be my new my new hill to die on here because those ownership levels are are too low for my liking. But I do like being able to bring him up easily as a streamer. I will say I'm glad that we haven't heard anything about Mike Green in a while. <laughs> I'd much rather talk about Philip Heronic than Mike Green. The only thing is with De- uh, Detroit is they're going to be playing at Dallas who is going to be rested up after today. So expect Bishop on that one. And then at Chicago, and then they'll be back at home next week. But you're going to see Leonard right there, too, who's having a damn good year. And Chicago's damn good on the penalty kill. So that's where we're picking up these guys for the sole purpose of, well, they're kind of worth it because at least they're seeing power play time. But then you're playing against two good PKs. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much I really love picking up anybody from Detroit. It, it just seemed like it, it slowed to a considerable halt. Yeah, and I don't, crawling. I don't expect it to pick up even against a good Sunday matchup. I'd be looking to pick up a Chicago player as opposed to a Detroit player for that Sunday game. Yeah, I don't mind it. Philip Ronick just on a tear. Nine points in his last 12. Definitely worth bringing up. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Washington next, but first, let's get break number two out of the way. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, so we're back. We're going to be talking about the Washington Capitals here for uh, here for a quick little minute. TJ, so they're playing at Carolina on Friday and then at home against San Jose on Sunday that is a buco matchup against crap ass San Jose, yeah. uh, who is just getting shut out and well, not scoring a lot of goals. So I expect a good win out of there, and for pretty much everybody to score. But who are you looking at? I I definitely like your number two. All right, yeah. My, for my number one, I guess I got Lars Eller in the way of forwards because all the guys that are being productive, like. What do we got? We got five of them. We got Tom Wilson, Alex Ovechkin, oh. Nicholas Backstrom, oh. Kuznetsov, oh. TJ Oshie. Oh. So when we do have to talk about these guys, uh, Lars Eller is probably our next best bet. He's got four points in his last six. He's 11% in ESPN, 12% in Yahoo, shooting at almost a 200-shot pace from the third line. He's adding in really great hits over the last dozen or so games. The blocks are okay, but when we're talking about a forward, they're pretty good. And honestly, as far as Washington is concerned, he's 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 the best we got to work with when it comes to streamers. So for my number two, I'm liking Dmitry Orlov, who's nine percent in Yahoo and ESPN, five points in his last six, nine in his last thirteen, and two in his last three. So some somehow here he's he's finding his way into the offense and all while boasting pretty decent numbers when we're talking about sustainability here. Uh, I'm not saying like he's a fifty to sixty point pace guy, but Right now, he's on pace for 38 points, and I definitely want to take the over. I'd even take the over on 40 points. This, this is a pretty good stretch that you have right now. Which would be his highest output of his entire career. Yeah, and I think Washington is more than capable of producing a 40-point defenseman. 
outside of John Carlson here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we move into the peripherals on Dmitry Orlov, his hits in the past week have been double uh, the rate at which he's been producing them on the year. And in the past month, he's over a hit a game. Uh, the blocks leave something to be desired. So do the shots. But uh, if we're looking at like kind of like the all-around package for D, I think Dmitry Orlov is the best bet for this weekend. All right, so let's talk about some of these Saturday-Sunday back-to-backs that we like here. Uh, if you got the moves, if you got the roster space, we're going to talk about Saturday. But Sunday is where, where the money really comes in. Let's talk about Florida. They're at Buffalo and at Pittsburgh. Noel Shari, even even taking out, if you, if you discount like his unsustainable offense as of late, which has been stated on this show, on pretty much any other show that you might listen to, it, it's mostly luck, and don't expect you know seven goals. What in, in like what was it three games or something? It's not gonna happen. So you still gotta love the peripherals, the deployment. He's still getting second line time with Trocheck and Connolly. So I mean, just there, that's not bad. But TJ, he's also still getting super decent time on ice. He's averaging just around nineteen minutes a game. Last uh, in his last ten games. On the year, he is at only 15 and a half minutes, but he's been getting a much longer leash lately. Now, I'm sure those goals have played a big part in it, but if that's what it takes to get 19 minutes time on ice, he's at least still producing. I mean, he had a goal against Montreal the other day, which I picked him up for. I was super happy about it. Got me a goal on a Sunday game that I needed points on, but he's still hitting. He's still blocking. He's still doing all those things that make Nola Shari worth having on your team in the first place, even without the points. He, especially in a banger league, he is worth it. That's why he's 23% owned in Yahoo and only 8% owned in ESPN. Somebody who's at almost two blocks a game and over two hits a game, definitely worth having, especially in a banger league. And now if he's going to be playing with a decent second line, I like Nola Shari. His offense has dried up a little bit, but he's hitting at like a 200-hit pace over the last 13 games. So it's it's definitely something worth monitoring there. Next guy, I guess, is going to be Frankie V. Hey! Um, <laughs> if, if there's nobody else, you know, like, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing really there. Uh, the offense isn't there, but uh, the shots, again, they've slowed down. But the hits are back. And with what's he got? He's got third line deployment and second power play time. So, you know, he's playing with Mike Hoffman. There's there's I a chance to dish it. Yeah. That's not a bad third line. Brian Boyle and Mike Hoffman and Frank Vetrano, that's a pretty decent third line. Yeah, it can do some damage. Absolutely. I don't hate that third line at all, especially playing against other crap ass third lines. <laughs> So again, not saying it's a good option, but it is an option. Uh, how about we move into Pittsburgh here, who are at Montreal, and then they see Florida. Who do we like? I'm going to throw you a softball here. Who do we like from Pittsburgh? Do you it's want me underhand. to say John Marino? You want to say John Marino. I know you do. I love John Marino. What is there not to love about John Marino? He's got a he's got an awesome last name, oh. number one. That's what drew me to John Marino in the first place. I'm not going to lie. I said... Ah, Marino, huh? So I'm going to take a look at this kid. And then he starts producing. He has an assist in each of his last three games. He's over 20 minutes time on ice. Now, I understand your whole thing is Justin Schultz is going to be back. And I get it. I do. I get it. But 
the kid has 18 points in 37 games. It's good for he 40 is, points. He's he's going to be knocking on the 40 point door, and a shooting percentage at 7.7 isn't out of this world. It's not something that that can just be pushed aside. You know what I mean? That's a that's doable. It certainly is. And he's at a block and a half a game, right around two hits a game. Like he's doing what you need him to do to be a viable player on your team. I like John Marino. I yeah. think he should be more more widely owned. I pick him up all the time. You really you, do. You know this. I pick him yep. up all the time. Yeah, the but hits and blocks are there. Does he get me points and stuff like that? He doesn't get you zeros. He, he helps me out more than he hurts me. That's for damn sure. I think he's somebody that is worth having. Uh, I've been a fan of Jared McCann over the last couple weeks here. He is, you know, just trucking along. He's got four points in his last five, two in his last three, six in his last 12. So right around a half point per game there. The shots are pretty decent. And he's getting that top power play time. So you can't really count that out. The hits, the hit, like, what I really like about him is he's he's on pace for over 130 hits right now. The blocks aren't really there, but that's not what we're looking for out of our forwards. But if you can get somebody that's on the top power play in Pittsburgh and that's going to give you a couple hits, I dig it. Uh, and even has like even has chance for offense too. Like he's on pace for 50 points this year. And until Crosby or they figure out what's going on on the top power play, Jared McCann's there. You know, I was actually going to say earlier when we were talking about Pittsburgh, I think Jared McCann would be a good player to have up with uh, up with Crosby. The only thing is he would have to move to wing. Which I think would be more than more than doable. And then that brings us to Alex Galchenyuk, who uh, none of his stats give me reason to talk you into it, but he's getting that top line time. So there you go. <laughs> that's, that's about it. He's going to be filling the Gensel spot for now. Uh, yeah, that's it. But he's But he is no Gensel. Not even close. He has a great shot on him. Don't get me wrong. He does. Like, Alex Galchenyuk actually has a good shot on him. But, I don't know. There's just something about it. All right. Let's move to Tampa. Uh, This has to be my favorite weekend pickup here because they have Ottawa and Carolina this weekend. And then it works for next week. And then it works for next week. They're going into a four-game week. So, we're going to talk about Alex Kalorn, Anthony Sorelli, and Eric Chernak. Why don't you... Tell us about Anthony Sorelli, because I know you got it on the back of your hand. I, I, have, I have that shit memorized. <laughs> yeah, right? I have that shit memorized. Yes. For anybody that hasn't been listening in the in the past few weeks, actually the past few years, Anthony Sorelli has been, uh, has been Zach's boy for a long time. Yeah, you'd have to go back to 2016 when Anthony Sorelli wasn't even in the league. I liked him back when he only played 18 games in 2017-18. And had 11 points. I loved that <laughs> at his 19.2 shooting percentage. But then he followed up with another 15% and then 14% this year. So he's trending down, right? No, he's leveling no. out. No, He's leveling out. That's yeah, on... really what I think it is. I, I hope that it's not a Debrinket thing, but I just feel differently about it. All right. He's on pace for 58 points, four points in his last three, four points in his last six, nine points in his last 14 you know, a little bit of power play time here and there, not much. He's getting like, I don't know, 10% of the power play time in Tampa. And guess what, Zach? He's 
on pace for almost 100 hits this year and 50-plus blocks. So you're getting a little bit of everything out of Anthony Sorelli, and that is – it's a good stream. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he's got top six time with Steven Stamkos at even strength. He has top six time. And you know another thing that is fantastic about Anthony Sorelli, not only for being a stream, but I, I'm not dropping him. I have him. If, 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 you're in, if you're in my home league, you're not going to see Anthony Sorelli on your team. But, TJ, I love multi-point games. Who doesn't two in love, his last three. Who doesn't love multi-point games? He has two in his last three. He has eight on the year. Wow. He has eight multi-point games out of 37 games. Uh, just going to real quick. I was wrong. Uh, they moved Stamkos back up to the top line, so they are stacking that top line again. Sorelli will be between Palat and Johnson. That's still a good line. So how do you like Alex Kalorn? Third line time at even strength, top power play time. Well, you know that I like Alex Kalorn. On pace this year for 77 points. That's Almost not 200 happen, shots. But I... The hits are okay. He's been hitting pretty good over the last couple weeks. Blocks are, eh. You know, you're not really going to get too much out of him. But the shots have been solid. Absolutely solid. Um, 11 shots in his last three games. So let's start there. <laughs> I mean... What, what is there not to like outside of the third-line time, I guess? It's so much easier to chew when you get that top-line time or the top power play time, though. Absolutely. Uh, don't get me wrong, but so you were talking about his shot rate. He's shooting. If he's playing with Cedric Paquette and Patrick Maroon, well, that's going to be your job on that line. He is, however, streamable right now. He's not a hold. I don't know what you think. Just my thoughts. I love the top power play time that he's got, but... Are you going to um, hold on to him? He's on pace for 27 power play points, which is bonkers. Bonkers, to say the least. Yeah, I don't mind it. 34 points in 36 games. This is not somebody to ignore. And I'm going to start a new podcast. Are you? Yeah. It's just going to be about Anthony Sorelli. <laughs> just going to talk about Anthony. It's, it's going to be Anthony Sorelli and Brian Rust. It's going to be my, my, new, my new podcast going to be called Cirelli Rusty. Ew. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, next up is just the peripheral plug in Eric Chernak hitting out of his mind. He's got eight hits in the last three games. Fifteen in the last six. Um, the blocks are up there, too. He's on pace for over 100 this year, on pace for almost 200 hits. That's what you're going to get. And the Pims are pretty solid as well. That's what you're looking at when you're picking up Eric Chernak. You're not getting much else. But in the banger league, maybe that's all I need. That's all you need. All right, buddy. That looks like it for the weekend. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow talking about next week. And you kind of get a little bit of a preview here with the uh, Lucas Walmark and Warren Fogle hits there. Um, but we got a lot more planned for you guys for tomorrow's episode. So definitely be sure to tune in for that one. You guys can find us at LO underscore fantasy NHL on Twitter. You can join our Discord. And for tonight, man, that's it. We love you. Love you. Pancakes.